We have finally completed the migration for one full collection. That is over a thousand assets. You hear that right. I pinned it to the top. Everyone, please make sure you retweet this. It's been three months of work in the making. Shannon is an absolute dev wizard. This man somehow figured out a way to migrate. So we did fake rares, fake comments, and dank rares. It was about 1,500 assets for about $1,500, right? He had to create his own custom ERC-1155 contract, which I believe is a spinoff of ERC-1155D, which I did not even know existed until he showed me. So some complete dev wizardry. As you guys know what's next, next is Rare Papes, which is a much larger task because that's 17,000 assets. So <laughs> it is going to be uh, an absolute miracle. Yo, what is good, everybody? Right when I am back in the office, Adam is not here with me today, man. What is going on? You have bailed me all the way from Costa Rica. Dude, the amount of failage, it's so crazy, dude. I spend literally my my internet, and I know none of you pay this. I pay $150 a month for my internet here. It's like the most expensive, and it's just internet. That's not like, I don't get like HBO, that's internet. I pay $150 a month and at least once a month, they fully rug me today. I, I use this company called Tigo. Literally the entire country on Tigo is out. No internet called them. The first message, like they answer the phone. It's like, to let you know, the internet is down countrywide. It's like, dude, how does that even happen, man? So I'm stranded on the cell phone right now, man. So it's, it's tough sledding, bro. Jeez. To say the least. We need to get you Starlink, man. Do they have Starlink down there? Dude, I, I, I mean, I guess they would have it everywhere, right? It's like global, right? I, I'm sure I could use it here. Chris, Chris, how, Chris, how hard is it to use Starlink? I know you have it. Super easy. It's like a two-step plug-in, and then you pay the sign-up, and you're good to go. So super easy, recommended to everyone. And it gets yep. faster. As they add more satellites, it just gets faster. The system upgrades itself, so it's pretty crazy. How much do you, how much does it cost? Like a monthly fee? What's the, what's the, uh, is it like I, by data? Like how much you use or is no, it? No, no, no. I'm pretty sure that there's just two packages. I think it's, as far as I know, it's like a personal package and then like a business package. And I think it's, I think the price points are like $99 per month for the personal and maybe like 250 or something for the corporate package. But most of it is just in the hardware. I think the, the satellite is like 499 or at least it was when I bought it. So $500 gotcha. up front and then like nine ninety nine bucks. The whole deal, and does it, it uh, does it get messed up in the rain and stuff like that when it rains? Does it get no. messed up? No, no, it's got everything like that. It's it's pretty crazy what Elon does. Like it even has features where it warms itself if it senses snow, so it would melt the snow around it, so it doesn't interrupt the signal. The guy's incredible, dude. Because I I I mean I used to have back in the olden days to try and get uh, you know NFL football here. I had like I don't even know what it was, some sort of like Sky TV or Direct TV type service. And dude, I live in the, I mean, I'm in the rainforest, man. And anytime it would start raining, I'd hear the roof and I'd be like, oh no, here we go. In the middle of the game, man. Goodbye game. you like, the moment you get it, a little bit of rain, that'd be it. I'm with, I'm in Vegas. So, you know, we do get a little rain. It's not rainforest rain. So I can't say for sure. A little bit of lighter out here in the desert, but man, I mean, I can't recommend it enough. It powers the whole house. The signal is great and it continues to improve. So. You really wouldn't even notice that you're kind of connected, you know, instead of a hard line. So pretty impressive stuff. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, Adam, we're going to get you on that immediately. 
Welcome back, everybody. Make sure that you retweet this space. I'm pinning it to the top. As you guys know, we do this every Tuesday through Thursday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern time, so I don't have to wake up at the crack of the dawn because I know Adam is up usually at like 4 a.m. every day, Count, counting his pigs. He actually has some pigs. Dogfather, what's good, bro? Yeah, what's good, what's good. So I'm, I'm happy. So my Wi-Fi is working. So <laughs> that's awesome. So I feel very privileged. I only use satellite mobile phones like twice, like somewhere in the desert and somewhere like on, on, on some boat somewhere. So I'm, uh, I, but that was back in the days when that was really like a thing and pretty expensive with some like crazy hardware. Yeah, but 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 I feel you, man. I mean, without internet, you feel like really, really lost. So yeah, let let let's see what what we do today. Yes, the internet is like is like it's like water now, man. If if the moment it goes out, I just hear cries around the house, literally, like just screams. You know what I mean? It, it is that it's that important, man. Hundred percent. Yeah. Well, I want to start off with some great news because what happened last night through you know some complete dev wizardry, I've pinned to the top. We have finally completed the migration for one full collection that is over a thousand assets. You hear that right? I pinned it to the top. Everyone, please make sure you retweet this. It's been three months of work in the making. Shannon is an absolute dev wizard. This man somehow figured out a way to migrate. I think we, so we did fake rares, fake commons, and dink rares. It was about 1,500 assets for about $1,500, right? He had to create his own custom ERC-1155 contract, which I believe is a spinoff of ERC-1155D, which I did not even know existed until he showed me. So some complete dev wizardry. And as you guys know what's next, next is Rare Papes, which is a much larger task because that's 17,000 assets. So <laughs> it is going to be uh, an absolute miracle. Um, Adam, how are you feeling, man? Three months. It was getting very lonely there at times. How are you feeling about this this morning? You know, it, it's it's so difficult, man. The pressure on on our dev team is is immense, obviously. And so, hat tip to them just to to pull this kind of stuff off. It, it's like even we didn't really know what was it, it what it was going to entail until we started doing it. Right? It's like you you start figuring out all the different layers that have to be done. And of course, in, in dev work, each layer affects the other layer. And, and it's just incredibly complex. And, but I'm super pumped for, for us, right? For our team, because it's like this tech stack that, that we're building is it's super powerful. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. And we could maybe get into that a little bit later or another, another show, but it's super exciting for us as a team, that's for sure. Yeah, I've, pulled, so I've pulled it up on the screen for those that are watching. It looks absolutely beautiful seeing all of these rare pepes i mean right now volume's pretty low because everyone's at pepe fest right liquidity's drying up but seeing these man side by side makes me very happy to see how rare pepes are going to go so some of the stats is 1196 unique or 1196 total items 300 unique 603 owners that is for fake rares just them itself. So it's going to keep building and going on. Rare Pepe, 17,000. It's going to be bullish for Pepe's, man. This is where all the integrations, we've had so many different people reach out that want to use fake rares or rare Pepe's for whatever financial meme-fi product that they're looking to build. If anyone has questions, yeah, always feel free to come up and talk about this. But the products we had to build to do this, right? So we had to build 
a bulk minting tool, which is something the community has been asking for for quite a long time, which we've been trying to work ourselves to. It's this idea of being able to mint a hundred. I think so. Far, I think last night the top we got to was 112 at one time. I believe we're going to try to get up to 200, maybe even higher. So let's say you own a rare Pepe or whatever card, a fake rare, right? You could mint all 100 into vaults basically off of one click, off of one ga gas transaction. I'm getting it quite low. So that's very, very, very exciting. We also built this feature that's called a move tool or a jump. I think we're going to call it a jump tool where once we deploy uh, these curated collections on all these different blockchains. So like, for example, Emblem is on Ethereum, Polygon, and BNB. We're going to deploy rare Pepe collections there, and you'll be able to just jump back and forth and move your rare Pepe's, your fake rares to whatever blockchain that you want based off of the buttons that are inside of it. So those two tools on top of, I don't know, there has to be at least five, five to 10 others that were built in terms of organizing and, and, and figuring out all these different metrics. So a very, very exciting time. Now we just got to get through it. And then we have a UI and also comes right in line with Pepe Fest, which is happening, I believe, tomorrow. We got our good friend Bunzi that's out there. Uh, Emblem is also a sponsor of this event. So if you're down at Pepe Fest, look for the Emblem sponsorship because there's going to be something on there that you might want to pay attention to, which is also very exciting. Adam, why didn't you go out to Pepe Fest with all of our homies this year? I know you like to travel the world. <laughs> Bro, I, I hate travel. Is, does anybody else hate traveling, man? I hate traveling. I like being there, though. But, yeah, this was like, it's just, you know, there's only so much. I mean, we were debating, you know, me and you, just like, well, what do we want to do this year? Do we want to go to NYC? I got invited to something in Miami, and I'm just like, man. You get to the point where it's like, I don't know if I want to go anywhere, man. Can we just hook up that that meta to you know <laughs> thing where i'm just like virtually there that would be ideal for me i don't know yeah uh, so, so it's a fifth actually so it's a few days away uh, our boy bunzi and skrilla and dj cuber are all djing together with dj pepe i didn't even realize that this is the fourth year that they've done pepe and paris festival man that's quite a long time i didn't even realize that so it's going back to what 2019 pepe community is always really far ahead of the game. The agenda here, it looks like there's just a bunch of galleries. There's some live painting green zones. You got people like Pepe Angelo's there, Rare Skrilla, they're doing Pepe history. It looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm really sad that I'm not gonna be there. They are doing some, some awesome auctions, which are gonna be happening through Scarcity. I'm pulling it up here on my page or on the live stream. They have some that are by from DJ Cooper. It looks like they got some physicals. People are going really all out. There's a handful of physically painted pieces as well. There was one that was created. I don't know who this is by that I have pulled up here. It's like a physical painting of DJ Pepe, but in like a very masterful stroke. I am just not an artistic person at all. Dogfather, have you been to any of these uh, Pepe in the Paris uh, events over the years? I think you might be a mute. If you're talking yeah not 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 yet actually so even though paris is not that far i, I don't know uh, i have to go there i mean it looks really promising and in paris is, is like always you know worth a trip so maybe maybe next year I, I was not actually traveling too much you know not being dogs and didn't help much and uh, you know it's, it's it's always a bit busy to travel i'm, I'm a bit like adam right so I, I was traveling like hack when i was younger and now it's like 
just a pain in the ass, right? I mean, just this hopping on the flight. I mean, everything is delayed. Everything is super crowded. Just your, your suitcase is gone. I mean, it's just like at some point you just don't want that anymore. And then the, during the pandemic, you, you were sitting like two years at home and then completely got out of this traveling thing. So, so I have to get back, you know, on track. So, for example, I, I'm going to inscribing Amsterdam. So I think that 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 will be fun. So, so I think it was a bit too close to Paris, but but definitely, I, I think it's really worth going. All of our homies are either in Amsterdam or they're up here in Paris. I pulled up here. Shout out to our homie Bunzi who couldn't make it today because he's going to be in Paris and then Amsterdam. He has uh, a lot on here, which is called Pepe Cuts, which is like a Pepe barbershop. The spinning things. I don't know what those are called. But he has a cool activation where I think if you get a fake rare or if you get a haircut and get like a mullet, then you could get his fake rare that he's doing or something of that nature. There's all kinds of really unique activations. So I love the Pepe community because it's really all about the story. One of our homies also, and this will be probably the last shout out, uh, Zero, our homie Zero G, I don't, I don't know if you saw this one, who's a pretty popular historic NFT collector. He created a action figure that goes along with his Pepe. I pulled it up here on the screen. It's called. Oh man, I didn't see that. Yeah, it's on. I'll, uh, I'll post it up top. Yeah, give me a sec. It's called Pepe Two Dope. It's on the fake rare. It's also on his on his on his account as well. Super cool. The kind of things that people do here. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens. And uh, yeah, the Pepe's are moving forward. Migrations are moving forward. Again, everyone always feel free to reach out in the Discord. If you're frustrated, if you're happy, if you have any types of ideas, a lot of big things happening in the Emblem Vault world going through Q4 and beyond. Be very, very excited, especially by the end of this week. And then, Adam, I'm honestly excited once we get through these migrations, we get to finally start having community spaces, which I know you're kind of excited about. Tell me a little bit about what you think is going to happen here on the show as we move forward with all of these collections. And now we're going to be in charge of 50 different communities, not in charge, but helping curate, I guess. <laughs> Dear God, don't give me more responsibility. <laughs> Actually, I think, I mean, one of the great things and like, it, it's almost hard to imagine. Imagine like in 21, you know, all these different, you know, counterparty collections were just craving a place to, you know, send people and to kind of congregate around. And I think, you know, now that these, well, well when all these collections are kind of, migrated and live in their own space i just think from a collectability standpoint and from an ability of that community to kind of rally around something i think it's going to be really special i mean it, it was just going to be interesting to see too like i don't know whatever force of will right it's like this super tiny collection right and but it's but the stories haven't been told around it nobody knows anything about it but now there's at least somewhere where brand newbies, you can just point them to a place, right? And they can go and look at all the cards, right? It's just easy and safe, you know? I mean, this is like what we wanted for Pepe's back in 21. I mean, imagine how Pepe's would have even blown up more in 21. And I think it speaks volumes that like, I didn't even, you didn't know, I didn't know, nobody even knew there was a Pepe Fest last year, right? I mean, it's the reality is it's just getting to kind of mainstream consciousness now, which is hard to believe. But this, this, the kind of ability to send people to just be a part of it, buy one, whatever, I think it's just huge, man. It's, it's huge. And so to have these spaces where we can start 
educating you know the wider you know crypto x audience about it and by that by that just the wider world is fucking exciting man Oh yeah, I'm I'm excited to do some regular spaces and catch up with Shaban. I think next Wednesday we're gonna do a Pepe space. We were gonna do it this Wednesday, but because of Pepe Fest, we decided it would be best to do it next week. So if you're a Pepe person, join in on that. And if you create any curated collections in the future and want to leverage our show to, you know, talk about the community, that is more than okay. Just make sure you reach out. Harry, what's good, bro? I wanted to bring you up and so we can revisit this conversation that we had the entire week last week about runes. I know you were right. We, we kind of ended Thursday on a very feisty kind of spaces to say the least had to mute some people because tensions were in the air. How is it going now? It looked like they unblocked. It looked like Casey unblocked you from the, the, the repo. And it looks like you've been actively participating in that space. Can you give us some insight of what's happening over there? Yeah, so I'm definitely unbanned now, which is nice. I think he w- he was worried that I was going to be trolling in the GitHub, but I've like ne- never done that. So yeah, I don't I don't know. That was kind of a wild move, but it, it really didn't hurt my feelings. Like it was fine with me. I didn't really it didn't bother me. It's his repo. He can do what he wants. So that was all that was all good. But really, th- I think there's been a lot coming out from Casey. He's kind of like in a very like competitive mood so he's like building a lot of stuff pretty quickly which is i think it's really nice to see honestly so yesterday he actually kind of this is really an interesting topic when it comes to brc20s versus runes he he may have just been doing it for dev because it's easier but he added a pull request to ord that actually lets you index runes so you can pass a flag that says index runes so there's like runes code in the ord well, it's not merged yet but in in his copy of the ord client so if that got merged it's interesting that there would be a token protocol built into ord that's not vrc20 wow. can you go into that deeper and kind of explain what that means like not too technical but like you know yeah i mean it would level like, like, what would that mean it would be like first class support and like apis i presume for like balances inside of the ord client so like anyone could download or tell it to index runes it's like an opt-in is what he did so by default it does not but if you want it to it will track runes and then yeah i mean you wouldn't need to like create your own brc20 indexer you could just turn on the ord client and get rune support for like your wallet or making a website or whatever and so do you think this is a direct attack on brc20 i think he's really trying to eliminate i mean it's just another thing that he's kind of done that kind of goes against brc20 so yeah i mean it seems like he really doesn't like the brc20s Oh boy. I know I talked to Domo recently and uh, he's been taking a pretty neutral approach, but I don't know the way that things are going. It seems like he's going to have to take some sort of stance here in the near future. If he wants to protect VRC 20. I think it brings up this like topic of what like meta protocols are going to be allowed to be put into ORD. Like what could we all build BRC 20 indexer and add it to ORD and like create a pull request. And would that get merged? assuming like the code was good, you know, is it, is, is that kind of stuff on the table for, yeah. I mean, it's like favoritism, right? Do you think, do you think there's a possibility that if this is, if this is merged, (laughs) that this will create another kind of community uproar because it's because he's just 
directly integrating it, even though people may prefer BRC20 over it? I know. I think so. Yeah. I mean, there's going to definitely be some chaos and a lot of attention on it. All right. But, well, you know, there's another thing he could be, it could be like nothing and he could just be doing it for dev to like to see if it even works. It's like, it, it's not enabled on mainnet. There's a bunch of stuff. Like I think he, he may have just added it to kind of get, go through the blocks quickly and not have to rewrite all that code. That's like the devil's advocate side. I honestly think he wants it in there, but that's just speculation. Now does Rune, does it need, I mean, I thought it was like, it didn't need ORD at all. So it doesn't. it's just like, there've been, there've been discussions on using inscriptions to like add an icon when you issue it. So you can kind of like combine it, but that's kind of like a minor detail. I think, yeah, I think what he's using it for is the process that like runs through every single block and, and filters through every transaction. He, he wanted to reuse that part because it's like almost the same thing for Ord and for runes. You have to crawl through every transaction and filter them and find which ones like match this, this, this like regex or this template of scripts. So like a lot of that is the same logic. Like the bulk part of Ord is just running, you know, iterate through every block and every transaction in each block. So, so what, what about your runes that you had created beforehand? Is that a, is that a thing of the past now, or is there still some community involvement on cre creating a I mean, I think, standard? I think there is some support for these older runes that are on chain. And then, so the way I view it is like, just wait for him to define what the standard is and then think if there's a way to be backward compatible. And I, and I, like everything I've seen, that is true. Like we can, we can have different, you know, encodings of a number and it still be fine. You could just like write an if statement is how I view it. So I'm sort of just like, like let Casey do his thing, kind of define what he thinks it is. And then we can, we can just use that because he's building out in the open and say what we think it should be. Yeah, it does, it does feel like <clears throat> tensions have definitely dissipated at least temporarily until the next thing that Casey does where everyone's going to be pissed off. Maybe, maybe it's that, but he's really forcing this BRC 20. I, you know, I'm, I'm still under the impression that we haven't really seen the, the kind of uh, impact that this will leave until maybe another six months to see how many other developers start building outside of the ordinal ecosystem, right? That could be, could be bullish for Bitcoin long-term. It could be bearish for, for dev support on ordinal theory in general, as some people complete some, or launch some competing standards like I think Atomicals has popped up and there may be a few others. Someone mentioned the Atomicals is like mineable. They have like a mineable version. So you can like GPU or CPU mine. I thought that was a pretty interesting twist that I hadn't seen yet on any other protocol. But yeah, I mean, it, it really brings up the question of should Domo and like all these developers that are interested in VR, can they create a pull request to or a version of ORD that maybe doesn't get merged that includes BRC20. So it's just as simple as running. You know, I think for them to compete, they need to have like, they both need to be very easy to spin up and just run for anyone. Yeah, I, I'm a little bit more on the aggressive. I think if someone's taking a direct attack on my on my protocol, I would consider just forking BRC20 and standing it up as its own competing standard. But that could play if you're if you're looking at it from a strategical standpoint. If Casey's going to merge runes into Ord protocol and then BRC20 forks and creates its own protocol, right? That's exactly what he wants. More say, having two competing standards on top of it would could could go one of two ways with with ordinal theory. It drastically 
increases the interest because now there's two competing standards. And I've seen the comparisons of BRC20 similar to like ERC1155, and then runes would be similar to ERC20, right? Can they be complementary of one another? I think is uh, an interesting perspective because we haven't seen it on any other ecosystem two simultaneous fungible standards be complementary. It's usually kind of this winner. I will say on. this. We, we saw it on BSV and it played out very, very bad. It just <laughs> Tell us, give, the give, us the, give us the one minute overview of what actually took place. There's like seven different fungible token protocols and everyone's selling to different enterprise client or different consumers. And it's just, it didn't, no, none of the wallets were interoperable. So you're basically kind of just stuck in a certain wallet for a given like NFT or, and there was even like different versions of them, of the same ones that people were adopting. So it was like incredibly fractal. Obviously this is only two, so it's not as bad, but yeah, the BSV side never had like an official and still to this day doesn't have like an official token, fungible token type. And it's definitely, definitely caused a lot of like problems and confusion. You know, speaking of, Bitcoin SV, I'm glad that you that you were here because this was a topic that I wanted to bring up. You know, over the last few days, we saw, you know, Fake Toshi, Craig Wright get in a battle with some of his former teammates from N-Chain. I forget what the guy's name is. I think it's Christian Ager Hansen left the team calling Craig a fraud and Calvin Aaron saying that they're manipulating the, the blockchain, which I thought everyone really knew already. And then on top of it, on top of it, I saw a bunch of people posting, asking about who Craig Wright and Fiktoshi was. And I just realized I've been in such a NFT echo chamber for so long that most people had no idea who Craig Wright even was in that, in that whole history. But can you give us kind of like at the summary, or at least from your understanding as somebody who's, you know, been building on BSV for quite a while, what, what is going on over here? And also, and also it helped Bitcoin SV pump like 30% right afterwards. <laughs> Yeah, this is like certainly the most attention PSV's had in, in quite a while. But so, yeah, this Christian guy is, I think, the like sixth CEO of InChain, and he's he's left. And now now everyone's, you know, it's creating a big stink about it because he's, he's being loud on Twitter. But what, what, what is the issue of why he left? Or at least from your understanding, like wh why has there been six CEOs at InChain? And now, why is everyone turning on on Craig? Yeah, I mean, I think I think Craig and Calvin are just like incredibly difficult to work with, and they're also like trying to trying to claim that Craig is Satoshi, and that's a lot of people have a lot of different opinions on it. So it's it's a very like it's a big play because if he is Satoshi, then he like has a lot of money, like billions of dollars, and if he's not, then the whole thing's a big lie, but they're spending a lot of money on this project, this in-chain and BSV and this whole thing. So it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's like this big uh, movie, the way I look at it. Like, I don't, I don't, I never really had too much of an appetite for any of them. So I just watch and stay entertained. Yeah. For the, and for those that didn't see yesterday, the Satoshi Twitter handle at Satoshi tweeted, and this is kind of where a lot of our NFT friends were confused on what was really happening. So Bitcoin is a predicate machine over the following months. We shall explore different aspects that were not explicitly contained within the white paper. And then it goes on to say a few more things. Obviously, this is controlled by, by Craig Wright or Calvin Ayer. There's a plentiful rich of history here spinning from, I'll give a little bit of a, 
just a back brief background story. So when when Bitcoin forked in 2017, it went from Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. Craig Wright was on team Roger Ver, which was team Bitcoin Cash. And then ultimately a year after that, Bitcoin Cash forked to become Bitcoin SV. Bitcoin SV stands for Bitcoin Satoshi's vision, where Craig Wright has been claiming he is Satoshi for shit since I've been in the space. I don't know when it actually began. And so then the Bitcoin SV community, right? There's like, I think it's unli- Harry, is it unlimited block height. Is that what it is on SV? Yeah, the block size is whatever miners want. Yeah, so it gets quite chaotic and and Calvin and Craig manipulated a lot of the mining wars when that fork originally happened and they have a lot of money. And so the claim with Craig Wright, he actually took the Kleinmans to court, which the Kleinman, what is it? The Kleinman house, I guess, or the estate suing them for like a billion dollars. The Kleinman sued him for a billion dollars, claiming that he he stole a billion dollars. The Kleinmans had claimed that they were a part of Satoshi, the group. And Craig Wright somehow knew who the Satoshi group was. I think that's why he's claiming it. You know, some of the facts might be mistaken here, but there's still a giant court case that's that's ongoing from this. And during the court, during the, the previous court case, I think there's a few of them, the judges noticed that Craig Wright was fabricating all of the materials and he got called out for it and lost the case. Now I think there's a second case that's going on. And from what I was reading from Christian, he has he was bailing before the end, before the determination of the second court case where he feels that Craig is going to lose again going through this. And there's all kind of conspiracy theories that Craig was related to Satoshi, the group, and he's been trying to brute hack, brute hack or brute force hack into Satoshi's wallet. And he's hoping that you know, when, when he, when he can do this with, you know, billions of dollars, he could get the keys and then claim he's Satoshi, even though he just brute forced it. There's all kinds of crazy conspiracy theories to it. But the fact that this was up again in the news, I found quite interesting. What's up, dog father. You remember those crazy uh, Craig Wright days? Yeah. I mean, that that's really funny because I mean, it's nothing easier than proving that you are Satoshi. I mean, then you just <laughs> send a few sets, right? And, and then it's proven. So it's, it's pretty simple. And if you cannot do it, then, then you're not the, the person or the group. So it's relatively straightforward. So I don't know <laughs> whether that's so complicated. Of course, you can lose the keys, but I think there are like a few wallets, you know, then, then you have to lose quite a few keys and then you're definitely not like him or the group. So to me, that that's funny. I think once in a while, this is popping up and now this time because the tweet was sent and then I, I don't know. I mean, I tried not to interact with that tweet because I don't want to push that beyond like the five millions views it already has. So I, I was not touching that. So at least I tried it, you know. It's funny, man. I, I was like, shit, I need to make like a a giant thread because there's so many pieces to it. And you 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 forget that, you know, so many people are like they're new, right? They're they're brand new. They're here for like a year or something. They see the Satoshi with the blue check. I mean, I literally had friends on X who were like, Oh my god, Satoshi's account just woke up. It's like, dude, wow. Like there's so much disconnect between like the history of it and and the reality of it and i mean dude he sued so many people and it's just it's a it's a crazy crazy story i mean it's crazy to even i mean to think that he is it it just every single thing points to him not being it him just being a scammer who's got money enough to sue people that's what i mean i've i've done a lot of 
research by research i mean podcast videos and and reading on him including the entire i don't know if you guys read the the court case where i think it was gavin was it gavin who went over and like got tricked by him yeah with the computer and all that stuff Mm -hmm. i mean dude i i I don't know if you read that because the 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 court notes like came out and it's an incredible story of of basically falsifying like faking you know that you have access to the account when you don't have access to the account it's really it's really incredible but of course almost nobody has the time to like really dig in and like really know this history that this guy is just like dogfather just said dude you should be able to prove this very very easily and there's a great video of i think vitalik at like a conference calling him out just like one plus one equals two either you can do it or you can't anything else all this other run around and suing people and claiming the bitcoin ip and you know all this stuff is just it's phony baloney and so that that's where i am with craig and he he's now blocked me i think it's a badge of honor every yeah, you, have to be, too. you have to be blocked by craig. if you're not blocked by craig you're doing something wrong in this space <laughs> the head the headline here says X and chain CEO is now accusing the company of framing someone to present Craig Wright at Satoshi in court. It goes on to say that according to Ager Hansen, the email reveals that Calvin Air was prepared to pay people to create a narrative in court that would favor Craig Wright, also known as in his Twitter handle. The objective was to convince the courts and public that Wright is indeed Satoshi. This I didn't even realize. I said, <clears throat> it says if successful, Excuse me. Calvin allegedly had a deal in place that would give him 50% of the original Satoshi coins, which is the equivalent of $40 billion at today's rates. So I guess that's one way to... So is Calvin being manipulated along this way too? I thought he was very aware. I feel like he's very aware that Craig is not Satoshi, but man, if this this guy's been just dangling... What'd you say? So Calvin's the big investor. So he's like funding a lot of this whole operation. And in some ways, like I think Craig is in debt to Calvin. So yeah, Calvin's the big, the, the money guy of the whole thing. It's, it's crazy. I remember Calvin, I think was a billionaire beforehand. He also has a crazy fuzzy back background it has to do with like hanging out with underage chicks, which, uh, you know, I'll leave that for you to do your own research on. But the fact that he's dangling half of these coins in front of them is it's quite wild. Yeah, I mean, you just think about it. I mean, it's just, it's where the incentives, right? And if if Calvin has the incentive to spend thirty million dollars on lawyers, forty million dollars on lawyers, all of this kind of makes sense for them suing McCormick and just the endless list of people that he's dragged through court. You know, it's totally worth it. If you're if you are worth anywhere near a hundred billion dollars, for you to spend twenty, thirty million dollars on legal fees for a potential, you know. $10 billion windfall or whatever, the, how many billion, it's a no brainer. Of course you do it. And so, uh, yeah, I think Calvin's been completely, you know, complicit in this kind of basically scam and fraud all the way down. Yeah. Now they're claiming witness tampering as well. So, you know, maybe there's going to be another court case that spins up between Christian and Calvin and Craig. I guess we'll just continue on the documentary. Maybe we need to get Michael Lewis in to come right on this since he did report on FTX, which is also one of the wildest interviews I've ever seen. Adam, did you watch that interview with Michael Lewis about SPF recently? Bro, I saw about 15 seconds. I couldn't believe what I was listening to. I, I, he's like on a walk, right? I, gotta, I could clip it because I did clip it for like my TikTok where it was like 
they're on the walk and, and this guy's like, my job as a writer is to judge character. And I was like, damn, bro. He spent what, like six months with SBF and couldn't read that dude's character. Like how messed up is that, man? I just, it's, it's insane. Mind boggling, man. It's, I, I don't know if this guy is just also pulling Michael Lewis along, but Martin Screlly, who's also a former convict, has been tweeting the last 24 hours about claims that Michael Lewis has said about SBF in his book. And they are quite wild. Like this one says, SBF tried and failed to hire Jim Cramer to endorse FTX. One, one claims that SBF claims FTX stole $1 billion due to Avi Eisen style attacks. That's the guy who was manipulating Oracle pricing. And, 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 and I think he ran off with like $100 million and said, what are you going to do? Send me to prison? And they definitely sent him to prison. I, I recommend going to Martin Screlly's account, whether you, whatever your opinion is of him. He's been actively updating on this, this FTX kind of situation, which the court case does begin today. From my understanding, Adam, what do you think happens to FTX when this is, or what, what do you think happens with SBF when this is all said and done? Do you think he gets away with it, or do you think he's going to get the largest, I guess, white collar conviction or mainstream collar, white collar conviction that we've seen in a long time? I mean, I, I feel like he's got to be convicted, right? They, they have to get convicted. So that's probably going to happen. How much time he does, and if it's in like a, you know, minimum facility or whatever my, my gut says i've changed my mind on it i flip-flopped a couple times and I, I feel like they have to if he doesn't go to i mean he has to go to jail it's got to be similar to like the Madoff sort of sentencing it's got to be even with you know sbf being able to buy you know the best defense possible it, it just feels like if they can't make this layup happen like you true. I mean, we all know money buys freedom in the U.S. Like, there's zero question. If you have enough money and you are kind of borderline, you can probably walk. But if they can't get this guy, like the most obvious thing on earth, it's just yeah, man. It's just complete corruption. I mean, it's already we all know it's corrupt, but just complete corruption. I was just when you were mentioning like how much he was willing to pay. You know, I'm reminded of Mr. Wonderful, who I, I actually like. Mr. Wonderful is like an entertainer, but like to think that Mr. Wonderful walked away with $15 million from, yeah. from FTX, like they, they need, they need to claw back all that money. Like all of that money is stolen and those guys need to pay back all of that money. Do you like, hear, hear that, hear this, hear this analogy continue. Uh, so it says, according to Michael Lewis, SBF paid Kevin O'Leary $15.7 million for wait for this. 20 service hours and 20 social media posts, one virtual lunch, and 50 autographs for $16 million. What, what the f is going on over here? Bro, Mr. Wonderful is a great negotiator, I guess, <laughs> man. That's like crazy, right? But you know what the thing is? It's all about legitimacy and, you know, money well spent, right? I mean, he, he Mr. Wonderful is on CNBC every freaking week. You know, just adds this air of legitimacy in the same way that, you know, getting Jim Cramer would have added an air of legitimacy. So it's $15 million if it's not your money, money well spent, right? It's just, it's a sad state of our society where, th where that happens. But I mean, to think that that's not stolen money and that they shouldn't be able to, they should absolutely be able to claw back that money. Although obviously 
you know, Mr. Wonderful had no idea he was taking stolen funds, but regardless, you not knowing it's stolen funds doesn't make it not stolen funds, right? They can claw back that money and should. According to Michael Lewis, the top 50 accounts on FTX had $4 billion on the exchange of the $9 billion owed. If you're talking about whale games, you're saying, what is this, 45% of the $9 billion were from 50 accounts? The largest account jumped trading at $206 million. The number 50 account was $10 million with Virtue Financial Singapore. And then it says here that evidently the rest of them were FTX employees trading against their customers as they typically would. I'll tell you, Martin Screlly went post. He's got a ton of information on here and he's going to be live commenting because obviously he went to prison. He had been, apparently he knew somebody on the inside of the New York jail where SBF was staying. So they were giving live updates of somebody who was like watching SBF over the over course of the last few months. Apparently SBF has shaved his head, apparently to be almost bald from what he's claiming. So that'll be interesting when they show the court case, or at least I don't know if there's cameras that are going to be inside or if it's just just reporters that are allowed. I don't know. Adam, did you hear anything about that? Have you been following the details of it? No, I don't know. The I would just preface that that Martin guy that he's a little bit on the, you know, a little bit on the shady side. So I would say take anything he says with a little with a grain of salt. You know, I, I know he was you know, just trying to get views a, a month ago or so where they, you know, were supposedly reporting live from inside, you know, just that kind of like shady stuff on SBF and SBF is like supposedly reporting on him. I would just, you know, take that stuff as, you know, front page of the National Enquirer. I don't know if it, I don't know if I trust any of it, frankly. Yeah. You know, I, I, I actually listened to Martin Screlly kind of often. He had some interesting takes. Yes, he did go to prison for increasing, what was it, the AIDS prescription by like, was it 20,000% or something absolutely insane? He His reports, is I think he's been pulling right from the Michael Lewis interview that was recently on 60 Minutes. But it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. I mean, it's probably going to be months and months along. Like the money that these people have been spending is just, it's out of control. All the people that were involved, like this one, it says, SBF was somehow long $100 million on Twitter before the Elon Musk announcement. I guess SBF, if SBF wanted to buy a stake so that because he thought Elon was going to give him kind of like the, the inside scoop, kind of like what he did with Binance. There's just, dude, there's so much corruption here. Then also the same deal they did with Tom Brady, $50 million for 20 hours of service. Whoa, it, Brady got $50 million? 50 mil. Yeah, no wonder oh why he loved him. God. <laughs> that deal with Twitter, that's kind of what blew up a lot of the whole thing is because that's when his balance sheet originally got leaked. He was trying to fund his bid into Twitter and he said he had like five billion liquid. And so they, they, they leaked his balance sheet, part of that deal. And it's kind of like what led to his eventual downfall. So pretty nuts. That is, that is pretty nice, actually. Yeah, a lot, a lot of this going back and forth, you know, we'll, we'll be reporting on it and commenting on it. As time goes along, it'll be entertaining to say the very least at the end of the day. So a lot of scammers that are all around and, you know, things that aren't scamming. And I don't know how to transition to this, but one of the products that I found recent that was launched yesterday through Ordinal's Bot, you know, going back to on-chain activity, Ordinal's Bot launched an a scribe tool for H or what's it called inscribe markdown files on Bitcoin. So you can 
you can inscribe directly like documents into Bitcoin directly through their service. It creates these markdown files for you. I tried to do this literally. I tried to figure this out for myself a few, like a month ago. I was talking to Leo, trying to have him walk it through it. I completely gave up. I was like, you know, fuck this. Maybe, maybe my documents are not, or maybe my thoughts are not meant for Bitcoin. But I'm actually going to start experimenting with this. I think this opens up a whole new category of untapped things you could do. Harry, maybe you guys could take this at Ordinal's Wallet, this idea. I would just create, honestly, some sort of like coin library where you just organize different types of documents that people are doing, create portals for whistleblowers, people for for books. You could categorize it, do the whole Jeff Bezos thing or Jeff Bezos thing. People love reading, but you need to organize it in a direct way. And if you can basically be the library on Bitcoin, right? I think that's like a huge and massive opportunity in general. Have you guys considered that at all? Or Harry, what do you think? What do you think of this? Scribe tool by Ordinal Spot. If you're there, you might have left us. Adam, what do you think? You're going to be writing on Bitcoin? It's so interesting. I, I just I tweeted about it yesterday. I was so many so many things I was going to do this morning without internet. But there's <laughs> there's something now. I, I love the idea. But again, like you like you just said, it's like you've got to have this sort of like dead simple interface and discoverability and stuff like that. It's got to be like that's almost the more important part. Is this this kind of UX, UI design where it's really intuitive to find stuff. And funny enough, I, and I'll, I'll pin it up top, these guys have done something on X, and I don't know if you've seen this, where you can, you know, like like th- unroll this thread, like you can say, hey, thread unroller, unroll this thread for me, and you put it in a reply, and a second or two later, it'll come back and unroll the thread, right? There's There's one now where you say, save it for me, and they save it, through IPFS using Polygon. Have you seen that, Jake? Have you seen no, that? No, I have, I have not seen this. Yeah. And I was like, wow, here we go. Like there's, we're moving in this direction. And I think it, it ties in a lot with what Mr. Beast said the other day with his like, you know, somebody was putting out basically fake videos of him, you know, trying to scam people. And we're kind of rolling back. We talked about this a lot in 21, this idea of like, putting stuff on chain and kind of having it the provenance layer of our social media, you know, happen in some sort of like on-chain mechanism for verification. And, you know, nobody's figured it out yet, but I love these first salvos to try and figure it out. Go ahead, Dogfather. Yeah, just to to go back to the markdown stuff. So I was also inspired by the Ordinal show yesterday. So I was eyeing these markdowns for quite a while, not really getting the difference to HTML. So basically, it's just, you know, some text that you can easily format. Think about it like a Medium article where you have a very limited number of formatting choices like title and, you know, bullet points and lists and stuff. And the the cool thing is it's a bit easier than HTML. And uh, in the markdown section on auto.io where you can easily find them, it's not scattered with some like uh, recursive inscriptions, uh, but it's like rather like text. So it's easy to find. I, I did a very simple video uh, using Ordinal Spot, this describe, you know, functionality where you just put on the left side your text and all your stuff. And and then on the right side, you, you have like the, the, the inscription, how it would look like. So what you see is what you get principle, like HTML editors, if you, if you worked with that. So it's pretty straightforward. And the only thing you need to take care is like adding maybe your Twitter profile 
or the recursive inscriptions. So that's a bit more, that's not already integrated there, but I think by tomorrow they have it. This morning when I was trying that, it was not there yet, but it's super easy. You go to auto.io, you click on this show me the code button, and then it shows you how to do that. So I think everyone who is who's in here can easily do that. But I think we will have some more kind of like UX features pretty soon. And the only thing that's still missing from the tech side is that you would like to have that as a parent-child description that people really know that it's you who were writing that. Because otherwise someone can just send you such a markdown and it looks like you are behind that message, which uh, is is not ideal if it's like provocative or, or something. Uh, but at the moment, if you just want to have it very simple, something like a simple web page, uh, you can do it with that tool. Yeah, I think that's actually a really good idea. And think about that because there are tons of uh, fake actors who will try to push similar type inscriptions to the top of Word.io to kind of trick you to make you think it's it's somebody else. But if you're putting, you know, if you're if you're say if you're a journalist, this is where I think it's most important with Bitcoin. If you're a journalist or you're a whistleblower. If you have the parent inscription, which is proving that's you, and then you begin to inscribe underneath that, then it is proven that all of these succeeding documents and, and blog pieces are from you and not from anybody else. I've said this many times, but if I wasn't working at Emblem, this would be what I'd be working on, is this, this idea of inscribing ideas and journals on Bitcoin. To me, it seems like such an easy case that no one has really attacked just a lot of, lot, a lot of opportunity there. Adam, when it becomes easier, would you consider going permanently for all of your blog posts and thoughts to something like this, to where you can inscribe the very most important types of pieces on Bitcoin to ensure that it never gets lost to, to link rot or a server being brought down? Well, I don't know about my shit post pieces, uh, <laughs> but you know, or my memes, you know, my, my, my garbage meme game, which I'm trying to upgrade. I know Dogfather and I are in competition for who can have the the least dad type memes, you know, trying to get better all the time. But, you know, it's, and I think there are almost two layers. There's this like permanence layer where I personally want my stuff to live on, right? That That's one thing. I think actually the most kind of useful thing in the short term is this idea of like verification of identity, because I just, the the AI stuff that's coming is is literally bonkers. And it's a little, there's a little bit of a, a pain in the butt to get it done now. Like you've got to actually work for it. But in like a year and certainly in two years, man, it's just going to be dead dumb easy. Like I'm going to be able to have a perfect Elon avatar in 10 seconds with one button push, right? So, you know, how are we as, as society going to be able to filter through what's real and not? And I think like you said, I mean, it's a super exciting potential there because it's needed. Like it's, you know, it's going to be really needed. So yeah, Dogfather. Yeah, so one suggestion that we are pushing is that we have this friends protocol where you have your soulbound token. And I think it's ideal to have this ID as your unique Bitcoin and Ordinals ID because it's a soulbound token. You can only have one in your wallet. And you should not or cannot easily transfer it because it's that then. And this would be the ideal identity token to have your children below that. And that could be artwork. That could be also, you know, these blog articles. 
So that's where we are pushing it right now. So just had a, a pretty cool convo with Robin from Liquidium. So big shout out to you, big brain dude. And he was suggesting that, I mean, man, do that. That that should be, the, the, that's the perfect identifier. Do that. And I'm like, oh shit, I never thought about that. You're you're right. I mean, th- that's something, because all the other identifiers, you know, like sets names and the like, typically people trade it back and forth. So you don't know who owns that. But I think the friend's ID could be something like this big parent where you have your artwork in, in different, you know, parents and, you know, sorry, the parent of, of children and then, you know, grandchildren. And some of them could also be blocks. So I think that that's really something to to move forward in this direction. You know, to- tokenized media, there's a few ways that this can happen in the future. And I listened to, you know, the All In podcast and Jason Calacanis podcast this week in startups, and they talk a lot about how is AI going to give attribution to to authors or to to creators? And one of these ideas is through micropayments, where every time, let's say, ChatGPT references or cites your article, you get paid because that is your IP. And this can be, you know, this can be proliferated through tokenization. I think originally they had discussed cryptocurrencies down in the future, because there are going to be people who are also going to publish anonymous, you know, anonymous pieces of content, you're going to have to get paid, you're not going to put your, you know, your ID in to go through this kind of automated system, this web two portal. So Bitcoin can can be one of those. But at the end of the day, I think it's most important for for whistleblowers, I think you can, you will see a higher degree, very important documents being inscribed on Bitcoin from from whistleblowers or from you know, very kind of advanced thoughts. You just have to be able to set it up for a way to say, hey, this is how you go in and do it. And that your, you know, your information will be presented to this X audience because of the way that it's been set up. I just think it's such an easy layup, such a low hanging fruit to have such huge ramifications. And it will probably honestly bring another, another narrative to Bitcoin of saying, hey, you know, this is free to, this is the freedom coin. I, they do call it freedom money, but it can also be freedom blockchain through kind of ideas like that. So I'm going to be following that pretty closely. I have dabbled with on Ethereum, it's called Near, which I believe is kind of what you can do with this type of markdown kind of idea through Bitcoin. Adam, have you used Near or I know Dogfather, you have, right? Yeah, I, I've have I post, I've ever posted on there. I've, I've bought in, you know, people's posts though on Mirror. Um, so yeah, it's very similar. It's It's, this is the kind of idea. I'm not sure if I think mirror might be on, is it on polygon? I think it might be. Polygon. It's a layer two, it might be Arbitrum, but it is one oh, of the L2s. Arbitrum. Okay. Yep. Yep. So I do think there is value being on Bitcoin. I like, obviously this is the whole idea behind ordinals and stuff is that this kind of like more permanent layer is very attractive. You know, whether people in general, the I don't think the general public is anywhere near ready to accept it or, or go through the process of making it happen. Right. But you could see like, like with what I mentioned earlier in that, you know, that, that X account where they do kind of all the work for you, but you could see where that would be really attractive. So yeah, it's going to be exciting, man. This is, this is all awesome stuff. Speaking of that, speaking of X and kind of this convergence between social and web two and web three last topic, do you see that X is coming for your friend tech keys? They added a new feature recently 
to where um, you can allow only your subscribers to DM you. I don't know if you guys know this, there's like a super subscription kind of button on on X to where you pay, I don't know, $5 a month or $10 a month and you get bonus content. Well, here now the owner of the account can now say only my subscription people can message me. And this is literally the entire thesis of what Frontech is outside of a bonding curve and maybe some of that gamification. Adam, bullish or bearish on Frontech after it looks like X is coming for some of that market share? <laughs> well, I think the the uh, the gamification aspect of it, the bonding curve and the tokens are everything, right? I mean, I think, I think the the DMs are something, well, you know, like you you found it useful, right? There was a DJ or whatever who you were, yep. you know, psyched about chatting with. So, but I think that's, you are in the the small minority, right? For the vast majority of people, it's simply about, I want to buy something and have it go up in price, right? It's So without that, you know, the X thing, I think from an X perspective, it it's probably a good idea for, you know, large accounts that get bombarded with scams. I mean, you and I, everybody in this space probably gets hit with, you know, five plus scams a day. So I think from that perspective, it's pretty cool. But I mean, like for me and smaller accounts, you know, having my DMs open is actually like, it's a way I connect with people, right? There are people in this space who I wouldn't have met if they didn't have their DMs open or I didn't have my DMs open, right? So in a lot of ways, I think doing that sort of thing is really, really only for like the the super big accounts, you know, the super famous people, not for kind of normal people. Yeah. X is taking on a few new kind of ideas. I tweeted this yesterday and got a lot of people triggered. X signed its first resident influencer. I could have said celebrity. They hired Paris Hilton. I don't know if you saw this. Paris Hilton come in. Let me know if you can. She, she came in and said that she's joining her X era and that they're going to be X and Paris Hilton are going to be attempting new styles of live shopping, live streams, and some other features. Uh, meanwhile, Elon Musk live streamed himself playing Diablo 3 the other day. And he also shared that he has an alt account. I forget what the name is. And it, that, that account immediately got like 5,000 followers afterwards. And it's literally just him like retweeting SpaceX for the most part. But it, X is going in this full direction, which Alon had always talked about. And now it seems like it's actually happening. Whether Paris Hilton is the right direction, I think is to be determined. A dog for sorry, hand up. What are you, a Paris Hilton fan? Yeah, 100%. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I just wanted to, to mention this, the the, the friend tag and, and the other clones. I think they're really cool for mid-size accounts. While, you know, the subscription game and, you know, everything on, on X is more like very large accounts. And everyone who is small, I mean, you know, we're just <laughs> we're just working and grinding without anything, just for fun. So I think there's a, a clear separation between the the two universes. And with everything new on 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 X, like I think Elon is also now pushed by you know Frentech and others to to move faster, right? Because there are these competitors, and he sees what they're doing, and people are like arguing, "Hey, I made 10, 10x or, or more." The money on on Frentech than on X. What the heck, you know? So this is a, this is a big push to move fast. Oh man, sold it. I see you came up. Did you walk away? Yeah, the the I'm starting to see a lot more FUD now surrounding Frentech. The three three model is starting to crumble. At least that's what some of the influencers want. Wait, follow to. for follow doesn't work, man. Right. <laughs> 
Bro, it's like how many times do we have to retread these same? I mean, dude, it's like let's do something that didn't work a decade ago and bring it back, but with a Web three twist. It's like, dude, no way, man. Come on, I don't know. It's crazy. I just saw something, and I don't know if this is true, but it's somebody was tweeting out that they didn't. They read some bit of code that was like, the friend tech airdrop won't happen for three years. Has this guy's? Has this popped on your timeline as well? Have you seen that? No, I have so that. I, I, I don't know if it's rumor. It just happened. But I'm, I'm hearing rumors that the airdrop may not happen for three years, which seems wildly wrong. But we'll see, I guess. I was told six months. That's backed by Paradigm. I think they're expecting it to be around the same time as the halving, at least from what I was reading. And there are some conspiracies that Paradigm is gamifying it so that it does happen around the halving so that the airdrop could be launched into the pump because that's kind of what Paradigm's known for is all these airdrops that they get involved with, generally has a massive uptrend before going infinitely to zero with all of these other ones. And I think that's what most people are really kind of looking for. I, I own a few shares. I've had a few friends who are kind of big winners, so I'm kind of just holding on to them. But I've largely kind of, at least activity-wise, moved away. It's just, dude, it's so much, it's so much to pay attention to between all these different accounts. It's impossible. But... You know, for the larger individuals, I see where that's where where that is quite useful. I can see other narratives popping popping up where you know some individual becomes you know the CEO of the company, or somebody gets a promotion, or somebody's launching a new product or a new backing, where people go and buy these people's shares with like this expectation that their account's going to continually grow, and then uh, more people are going to want to get in contact with them, right? So there's some interesting kind of uh, parallels and dynamics that could be introduced through that, but still just largely, largely infinitely small. And I think the reason why it's working right now is because these large, I think to get over two ETH, your room has like 150 owners, which really isn't a lot of people, right? And so that's why it's manageable because there's really, what, 250 people still here at this point in time. So it'll be kind of exciting. A lot of these other competitors are starting to fall off already as well. Although new Bitcoin city, the first one that came out right after Frentech has been putting up a lot of upgrades. So I highly recommend looking into that. You can even now buy in Bitcoin, which is, which is kind of cool. They're kind of weird, crazy machine that's going on over there. Have you got on the alpha app recently? Yeah, def you and there, dude, there's so many features. You have like three, three requests on there now. There's all kinds of crazy stuff. Are you on it or did you leave? Oh, dude, I'm totally on it, man. I'm <laughs> giving my alpha every day, man. Every day the alpha is going on in my channel. You got to get one of my keys, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's so, I don't know how many keys I, every everything I put in there, I just bought, I've now sold basically all my keys and I've just been buying other people's keys. But like nobody's really posting. I don't know. Maybe I'm following the wrong people or something. But I don't think. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't really gotten much value from it. Have you? Have you? Like, have you felt any? Not. You felt like you've got really real value from it. No. I mean, it really just feels like the same kind of idea. I mean, there's like there's one channel I'm in on Friend Tech is Mooncat two eight seven eight, which is he's like a large sports better. So a lot of the stuff that he's sharing in there is like sports picks, which I could see is pretty valuable because all the DGens want the edge. I mean, out here in Vegas where I live, there's so many different professional sports betters that sell picks for like ten thousand dollars a month, right? So even at that case of Mooncat's floor being a little under two ETH, still seems quite cheap comparative to what these people pay these you know, kind of degenerate sports bettors, these handicappers who are 
also kind of manipulating them by taking, you know, the other side of the bet while using their money. So it could be a lot worse and it is a lot worse out there in the real world, at least from the sports better perspective. What's up, dog father? Yeah, so I just wanted to share my experience with Alpha or the new Bitcoin <laughs> City app. I mean, I haven't I haven't found anyone who's really sharing any Alpha. I don't know whether it's different on, on Frantec. Maybe there are a handful of accounts who really do that, you know, just to have whatever they share, but on 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 Alpha I haven't found any. But I mean, maybe the new accounts that that entered, like this Levi guy from Frantec, maybe they do kind of like share the same same content but i haven't bought their keys so i cannot i cannot comment on that but so far i think it's really just exploring that and i mean it's on bitcoin now so that's cool so so let's see yeah we'll see what happens but we're coming up at the end of the show here guys this was a fun little talk it it feels weird because there's not really that much stuff that's been happening this week it seems like everyone's out in amsterdam everyone is out in paris pretty quiet which is you know might be might be good prices going up gas fees though still low gas fees got as low as five guay yesterday i think that's generally been a pretty good marker for the bottom where one's guay sits around below five for maybe a few weeks that's generally when everyone gets all of their action in and then everything starts moving up afterwards that's when you can finally push all these upgrades which is exactly what we're doing from the of all perspective because if gas fees were anything above 10, we probably would not have been able to do this migration. It would have literally been hundreds of thousands of dollars to get would this. Have bankrupted us, it would have bankrupted us, <laughs> stage, right? Like it's, a, we're paying, you know, the equivalent of one to two dollars per vault, at least for the 1155s. The ERC 721As will be a little bit cheaper. If you think about that, 44,000 vaults and more than half of them are set 1155s, right? So if you're paying five dollars per vault, it's literally two hundred thousand dollars to do that kind of stuff. It's just there's no way, and I guarantee you there are tons of other teams who are looking at this exactly the same. Push all your upgrades when everyone has disappeared so that you're prepared for the bull run. That's exactly how you build. That's exactly how you listen. Make sure that you guys follow and like everybody up here. You know We do this Tuesday through Thursday, 11.30 a.m. Eastern time to generally around 1 p.m. We're talking news, headlines, topics. We get some good interviews. We talk feisty Spicy conversations. Last week, we talked about runes all three days. Glad we finally get to talk about something a little bit different today. And we will talk about something a little bit different tomorrow. And until then, we'll see you guys in the morning. Thanks, you guys.